was funny. Um, fuck yeah. I haven't seen you in so long. It's so glad to, we're about to start this shit here. Um, hello, everybody. You are watching to slash listening to the McAllister Hours. I'm your host, as always, Cole McAllister. And I'm joined today by a very old friend. Um, someone who I'm really pleased to have on. We have, yeah, we go back. Katie Williamson, everybody. The way, 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 way back. I just restarted the music, so we're just going to stop the music. <laughs> How you doing? Um, pretty good. I'm it's good to hear. Good. Yeah. Just living my life, doing what I normally do. You know, being a mom and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I want to get into that, all that with you, but uh, you've definitely been probably in over your head, I should say, with this COVID happening, uh, being trapped with kids at home and being a mother. Uh, get into that a little bit. Uh, it's definitely not been easy. Um, because, you know, so around the time that everything really started to shut down, it was literally the end of spring break for us. And, uh, so, you know, you know, my stepson, he just, he he never went back, you know? (laughs) So I had to quickly jump into this role of somebody who that has to teach you know and you know still be a mom and try to balance you know when i want to just be like oh yeah go ahead and go play you're at home like take this time be a kid but also realize that you know his education is important and now that i'm in charge of that but also having to do that on top of having at the time he was not even one years old my my son it was a lot to balance because a lot of times their uh their schedules kind of they don't really meet up. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. And so, yeah, so one one's trying to eat, the other one I need to help him with his math. Oh, you know, then he doesn't want to read, and then I'm supposed to put this one down for a nap, and it's so it's just it, it got really crazy, and it took a toll on me to be honest with you. It was very very hard. Um, we got through it as a family. Yeah, uh, I mean so, that yeah. that is a big challenge for like the modern family is like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the regular, everybody's doing the eight to five kind of shit and they all get to, you know, sit down home. Like in your case where your, uh, your boyfriend works nights a lot, right? At his job. So, I mean, that, you know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. At that time, yes, he was. All right. Okay. So, I mean, what, at whatever time. I mean, that's difficult. That's difficult yeah. for a family to try to balance all that. You know, when kids are going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I congratulate anyone who's, you know, able to, able to do that. Yeah. Able to, um, yeah, keep fighting those battles with the kids <laughs> um i do want i do definitely want kids at some point but um yeah i'm, I'm gonna be glad to uh wait for a little bit a little bit here yeah yeah you know when i got pregnant with orion i i uh of course was already involved with my boyfriend and you know we've been together for a little bit and uh so i had Braden around my my stepson braided Mm-hmm. And he, uh, you know, he was a good, I guess, small introduction into motherhood, if you will. Mm, uh, yeah. But, of course, it's completely different because, you know, I, I birds are mine. So, like, you get them from start to now or present and until whenever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that means. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah. So... It was a little bit different. Um, it was difficult, but yeah, no. Uh, 
<laughs> we were just joking about this the other day, but it's like Oprah said, it's the world's hardest job being a mother. Yeah, it's a 24-hour job. You don't, it, it definitely is. Especially when you're a stay-at-home parent. I won't just say, I mean, of course, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but you know, yeah. there's dads out there that do that, and it's it's not for the, for the week, I'll tell you that much. You know, it's very stressful. There's oftentimes you don't get a break, and then you get this sense of guilt that once you do have a break, you know, that you don't deserve it, that you should be doing something else for the family. You should be doing something for your kids, you know. Like, how dare you? You're so selfish for taking this time to yourself. You know, that's definitely something that's, like, in the back of my head, that mommy guilt that I get. And it sucks, but, you know, I got to keep telling myself. And, of course, my people around me, like Peter, my significant other, and my dad, and my sister, and, you know, just my, my support group always tells me, like, no, you work hard. So you deserve this time to just take it to yourself and, you know, go take a drive to Hy-Vee by yourself or go take a nap or whatever it is. So Yeah, no, it's good to it's good to have those releases, um, healthy ways to cope with shit. Um, so before we started rolling the cameras, you were kind of going into a rant about sage, and um, I figured it was very interesting. You were kind of going to all the different kinds of sage. I, um, I knew this was a mix, but I'd always just believed this would just be a stick of sage and... Uh, Katie was educating me here on what it really was. So as I light it, why don't you attempt to light it anyways? I'm not a fucking expert, but why don't you? <laughs> what? So what goes into this? What? What? What, you, what is this? I mean, I I couldn't tell you everything um, that was in it. There might be things in there that I can't see. I'm not sure. I didn't see the package. Well, that came in, but from yeah. what I could tell, it, it looked to be like juniper. So yeah, okay. it's a juniper bundle, and there might be some sage in there, but. They sell kinds of uh, different bundles. It doesn't necessarily have to be sage. They mean that they have cedar. Sometimes they'll have cedar and sage. Um, and there's different kinds of sage too. So there's like white sage and then, the, and I'm familiar pretty much only with white sage just because of my um, my background. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's definitely, what I was mentioning is that there's definitely a movement going behind uh, not taking from closed practices um meaning so like in the the witch pagan wiccan community um and those are all three different things Mm -hmm. um they are basically really trying to push not taking from closed practices whether it be like hoodoo voodoo uh native american or first nations culture um just because a you know it's just not a good idea to to i guess dabble in something that you really have no like no inclination of of what i mean because this this information that is put out there is passed down from elders to you know the next generation for centuries that's essentially how all this information this knowledge that you know say a native will have they learned they didn't read it in a book mm-hmm. they didn't go on google and you know look it up they <laughs> they true. learned it from from the, their culture they learned it from just being a part of it and then learning from the elders you know the grandmas and the grandfathers and the aunties and the uncles and that that's how they learned and mm-hmm. so and that's just for native americans i can't speak um on you know any other culture because i don't know much about other cultures in that sense uh, but so I was saying that sage, for example, is a very sacred, you know, herb 
to them because they will use it for you know large portions of certain kind of ceremonies sacred ceremonies they have so this is the native the natives use yes, it for sage and I'm, yeah i'm speaking um because my family um just for the sake yeah. of people who are watching my family was indoctrinated into native american culture and spirituality at a very when i was very young um my dad found these ways through his recovery. He is a, re- a recovering addict of, uh, let's see, I'm 20, so 25 years this year. Oh, good for him. Yeah, so, you know, and he, he found, that's how he found these ways. And um, we have learned, like I have mentioned to you, from elders, from medicine men, from chiefs, from, you know, just respected, you know, elders in the community in general. And uh, and that's, geez, I think that was probably like <laughs> we started that when I was four or five years old. So I'd never really learned anything different. So me coming into kind of a new path or stage in my life and taking what I know from that Native American spirituality and kind of creating my own path in a sense of learning about witchcraft and um you know, and it's been a big tool for me um, using that uh, as a coping me- mechanism. Something to so use as a let me, tool. sorry, let me just stop you here. Um, yeah, so sorry. I, no, you're fine. So I, you just went through a lot there. So you you went into Native American. So how did that transition? Like, how did you transition from, or not Native American, like Native? So you're that's what you're. That's what your family's indoctrinated in. That's what kind of what you the beliefs you grew up in. How does that translate into what you believe in now, Wiccan? Well, so well with witchcraft. Um, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so w- Wiccan is a organized religion, and witchcraft okay. is more is of, the tool of the religion. Yes, or, exactly. Okay. It's more of a tool, and you know. That's going into a whole new, a different subject. A vat cadet mode. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a witch, Harry. I'm a witch. I'm so sorry. Stop. I had to make that joke. <laughs> oh, bad jokes. It's funny because I'm wearing a Hogwarts shirt today. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Who, <laughs> Noah? We don't discriminate here in the McAllister hours. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Katie, continue. Sorry. Um, so there actually are the core beliefs of witchcraft is essentially essentially right on par with my beliefs with spirit, you know, with my spirituality through you know what I grew up with that Native American practice. You know, it's about being one with the earth. It's about respecting what's around me and understanding how everything is connected in a way. And, you know, it talks about on a more like metaphysical level of like energies and, you know, and like spirits, if you will. Um, and so it's just, it's almost parallel. You know mm. what I mean? Because there is more basis i would say to native american belief system because that is a whole spirituality whereas Mm. 
there can be, you know, a Native American witch. There can be a Christian witch. There can be, and that's another controversial topic in itself. <laughs> I was going to say that. They do exist. They, okay. and we don't discriminate hmm. in the McAllister house, so they that's do true. exist. <laughs> you know, there can be atheist witches. There can be. Uh, now, I, I'm sorry. I don't know if that. I, I don't, atheist witch. That yeah, kind of, they do exist. That so seems they don't, like they don't actually. So they, atheist witches, from my understanding, they don't talk about so much of. Uh, like a higher power or believe in a higher power. They mm-hmm. believe in the power of self. So they believe in the power of manifestation. So, you know, what you put out into the universe because what what you say, your brain will believe anything that you, that you tell it. So if you say, I'm stupid, I can't do anything right, you know, I'm a loser, then it's, it's going to say, oh, okay, you know, you're right. You are a loser. You are, you know, stupid. You are what, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be what you, you're presenting in your life because it's all about what you perceive. But, you know, if you constantly, you know, fill yourself with positive talk, say, you know, I can do this, I am strong, I am powerful, I'm independent, I am capable, then your brain will believe that. And that has been a powerful tool in, you know, finding, you know, a way to cope with my mental health problems. Yeah. So... So it's not always about, you know, a higher power out there. And there's actually a lot of science behind magic. And it, it basically is just manipulating the laws of physics and energy. and how Sorry, not the laws of physics. The laws of energy and how that works. Because, you know, there, it is true, it is a law that energy cannot be destroyed mm-hmm. or... Uh, is like transformed i don't know i can't yeah energy can either be created nor destroyed right yeah 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 created nor destroyed is only only transmuted so yeah and and there's and there's a lot of science behind it you know i don't have sources in front of me to be able to be like oh yeah this 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 but you know and it's still very new to me so i'm learning every single day myself i read something new every single day so how recently did you get into this because i don't think i i don't think i really remember you yeah, talking about this when well at first it was something that i kind of just was like kind of curious about i was just kind of getting my feet mm. wet you know what i mean just kind of dipping my toes in the water just reading about it here and there and it was nothing really serious and you know and then i went through and i kind of got more involved with it beforehand but i got i went through this really low point in my life and uh just with my mental health i was just really depressed i was very anxious all the time i was suffering from you know really unfortunate and unpleasant memories and nightmares and i was having a hard time sleeping and also having to be a mom which is in a whole nother you know type of pressure so you know just going what i have dealt with in my past you know and that just coming to haunt me because i never really have dealt with that in a healthy way i've kind of just shoved it down you know because i feel like that's what most people do it's an easy way to go about it yeah yeah and i just I came to a point where I didn't want to do that anymore. So I actually stopped taking my antidepressants. And I'm not saying that's something that everybody can do or that you should do that. That is just what I personally did because that's what I felt right for myself. You know, not shaming, you know, like medication shaming. Yeah. Not about that. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But I will, I will like kind of add on to that is like, like i agree like i've definitely been on a lot of medications and that felt a lot better since i've been off them so you know when you go to a doctor and you're sick the point is to like get to a point where you're feeling better not so you can keep being 
dependent on yeah. that supply. Yeah, and so that should be the goal, anyways. Yeah, and again, that's not for everybody because some people have you know situations where they un- unfortunately can't do that. I'm sure maybe they'd like to, but you know, everybody's different. But for me, what I was choosing to do was do something different for myself because I was thinking in my head, the way I'm doing this is not working. You know, at that time, I had got into going to therapy for the first time in my life, which I am very, very thankful for. It has helped me grow um, so far. Um, but so I, I believe this all happened. I want to say it was like early this year, like maybe February, like very early. So I it's not been very long for me um, whatsoever since I really dove, dove into this. Hmm. Um but, you know, I just got to a point in my life where I just, I have to do something different because, yeah, I'm going to therapy, but it's just not enough. Something just needs to change. And so I just kind of took a leap of faith and I decided, I told myself, if I'm really going to change, you know, if I'm going to heal and fix myself and work through my problems, then I have to be able to see my problems. You mm-hmm. know, they can't be masked. They can't be, you know, I can't be, I guess... Yeah, you can't be, tra- you know, trapped or, you know, not yeah, able to. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to articulate um, <laughs> what that feels like unless you've, like, felt that. <laughs> I, I, not to, again, not to sidetrack, but I am curious. So did you continue to do therapy throughout COVID? Yeah. And you did, uh, did you do online or? No, actually, uh, so um, most people were doing telehealth, but at the time that I uh, I didn't have internet so that was an unavailable option for me Mm -hmm. uh so i've just been on like she just calls me um oh so it's over the phone yeah so i just call her just over the phone and it's at first it was a little awkward um you know because usually you go to therapy and you're sitting in front of somebody because that's kind of half a therapy they want to see your physical body reaction because you know i'm really good at making my voice sound like everything's fine but like if you were to get me in person like i'm usually like rocking back and forth like messing with my fingers or whatever nervous tick i got going on i promise you i got at least three or four of them so you know it's so it's been a little bit weird but it's helped and it's also um pushed me to be more independent mm. in my uh battle i guess i will <laughs> i will categorize it or say it as you know because depression you know it's depression and anxiety when that's coupled together is yeah and they usually do yeah they usually yeah, are coupled together. yeah um no I, I that was kind of for me too i wasn't i would say that i was kind of getting to a point towards the end of my therapy like before covid hit that I was getting better but like really kind of it got to a point where i was able to do it online over the and you know at first i just said nah i'm good and then it kind of just was it kept being this whole thing where it's like no i want you know we want to do it over webcam etc i'm like i just wasn't it just it didn't seem like effective to me because for me a lot of it's being in the room with that person you know like you said reading off those kind of cues yeah, and all that kind of yeah. stuff i think that is healthy for um that kind of thing so mm-hmm. um so i guess like kind of go you know, when you say you are into witchcraft and you're Wiccan, what's the difference between what it really is for you and, like, what the stereotype is? Like, the, you know, a lot of people probably confuse it with Satanism, etc. You know, Satanism. Like, 90% of witchcraft is literally just me. Is I'm reading books. 
spending an absurd amount of money on jars because <laughs> you keep your herbs in, like herbs in with your jars mm, and you have spe- I see. we have spell jars you know you have all kinds of things that you'll use jars for in your craft and you know it's a lot of times it's just spending time outside you know in nature and being one with the earth and you know just feeling connected and trusting your intuition and basically manifesting positive things in your life you're mm-hmm. just directing your energy towards something that you want versus just letting it, you know, kind of just do whatever. It's just, think of it as, and it's a lot of meditation. That's, you know, that's kind of what yeah. I was going into. It's just kind of learning your own body's energy because everything is made up from energy. And so your entire body is literally like just a huge ball of energy and it's just being able to recognize what that feels like inside being able to try to calm and there's so many different kinds of uh, meditation a lot of times people will use hyper focus as Mm -hmm. a form of meditation so like say when you do your paintings or when i color in my coloring books or whatever that's where a lot of my meditation will come in you know just being so hyper focused on that one thing that my entire mind goes blank and then and it's not so much like nothing's happening in your head kind of blank. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of oftentimes the misconception of what meditation is. It's it's about being able to detach to being able to detach yourself from what's going on inside your yeah. head and being an observer of your own thoughts. I've heard it's been described as and I kind of want to ask you this. I've heard it been described as almost hallucinogenic when you you don't think so. Be, I mean, it can be if so. There is this um, so. I mean, okay, it's not the same as dropping acid or anything no, like that. No, 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 no. So there is um, the idea behind, uh, and this is actually a very big spiritual idea behind a lot of more spiritual-based groups than mm-hmm. just um, organized religion groups, is that there is more than one uh, plane in this world. So there is like... Mm. So, and so there is like, you know. Like dimensions? Kind of. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you want to. Like the, the idea, well, I was listening to something kind of interesting today about dimensions, but like the idea of dimensions being that like there are different, it's like the same reality, but there are different parts to it. Yeah. So it's just, so it's like the same, same time, but it's just split into an infinite amount of possibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of where that Rick and Morty multiverse yeah. theory comes from. Like, that's the best way I can kind <laughs> yeah, of describe Yeah, that's like, it. that's the common... And, uh, okay, yeah. and then this is where it's completely oddly misconceived in this movie, but another way that I can explain this to you is through a movie. Have you ever seen um, Doctor Strange? <sighs> no. no. That sounds familiar. Okay, well... Molly, do you want to pull that up? Doctor Strange, see a poster of it, maybe? See if it rings it's a with- bell. It's with Benadryl Cucumber Batch. Oh, <laughs> Benadryl Cucumber Batch? Is that what you said? Yeah. That is, I, that is I, the I, most unique <laughs> name I've heard from yet. I, I got to say. Wow. <laughs> I, I know Jeez. his name. I was making it funny. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. <coughs> Benedict, you gumber bitch. <laughs> Oh, oh, the movie Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, Doctor Strange. The Marvel movie Doctor yes. Strange. I was like yeah. thinking like, wow. You should know that it's Dude, Doctor I don't Strange. watch Marvel. I don't, I'm not into any of that stuff. Okay, that's 
fine. But I also know you're a huge movie buff. So true. I've known you to watch movies just for the sake of watching the movie, whether you're going to like it or not. So I, yeah. it was a shot in the dark. My point is, there is a scene in this movie where they talk about they talk a lot about the astral plane. Well, that's mm. actually a real thing in real life. That's one of the like dimensions or planes. It's essentially is where you're you can separate from and that's where that hallucinogenic idea comes from is where you can separate from yourself and kind of be looking yeah. down on your own body that's yeah. where that idea comes from that's the that's the astral plane and that's where you know the idea of where if you were to believe in deities or gods or whatever that's where you can commune you know that's where you can exist at the yeah. same time so spirits you know yourself or or deities gods however you want to look at it you know that's where things can it's kind of like an in-between if you want to if you want to say it's kind of like an in-between place hmm like the idea of purgatory maybe <laughs> maybe but it's not that i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's so hard to explain it i may not even be the best at explaining it because i'm still so new to it so my ideas and my um comprehension of everything is still like I'm still working on it. So, okay. you know, it's something that's very mind-blowing. It's just something that I first kind of stumbled upon through just reading because I love to do that. I don't necessarily read books, but I read a lot of, like, science articles or, like, you know, like, conspiracy blogs. People make fun of those, but some of them are kind of some, – sometimes they're pretty interesting, you know? Hmm. So, and I just read it for the sake of, like, look, you know, seeing it from someone else's point of view. Yeah, and that's important and, to do. Yeah, definitely. and whether I necessarily agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. But, no. you know, knowledge is power. So, and I kind of got into this whole witchcraft thing and just reading about it and it's in its basis is in bases and in basic practices. Um, it's very, it's like tangible almost. Yeah. It's like real. I get something that makes sense to me because I'm a very logical thinker, but I'm also a very spiritual person and uh somebody uh a friend of mine uh actually said something that there is a place between there's a harmonious place between like science and spirituality where like essentially they can like live together in harmony i don't know i wish i knew what he said because it was so cool and i loved it i was like i'm gonna use that but i have to remember to quote him doug westall people great man i'm so sorry i can't remember his what he actually said but it was beautiful so had to be there so you were mentioning like at the very beginning you were talking about i think it was you were talking about voodoo native american rituals and uh were you were you relating the three of those no i'm just saying that they're all close practices close practice i guess what do you mean by that like how are they related to be they're related in a sense that they are specific to a kind of culture so hoodoo and voodoo is based out of well mm -hmm. I, I guess I don't know anything about this. I'm, cu I'm curious. Yeah, hoodoo is based out of, I want to say, African culture. And I could be misspeaking because it could be voodoo. I, I don't know. But I thought I, voodoo was prevalent in Haiti. Haiti? Sure. Voodoo is maybe Haiti, but I know there's also one that's a huge uh, community in Louisiana as well. Hmm. So one of those two. But it's primarily in, in, in the black community is where that exists. Okay. And um, a lot of them have, you know, origins from Africa, different parts of Africa. Again, I don't, I'm not an expert on that. I don't know a whole lot about that. I can really only speak um, for like Native American culture for what I know about that. And um, 
so they are similar in a sense um maybe possibly but they are also different i was relating them in the way that they are all closed practices so meaning that you have to be invited into it by somebody mm. from that group and learn from that from an elders and um holy men in so the, you, you haven't been invited into the wiccan or witchcraft or have you you don't have to do that for, oh, for that for, one you for don't witchcraft. have to anybody can be a witch okay okay yeah wiccan is a different story wiccan is is the closed not so much closed it's just an organized religion so okay. i am not wiccan i am i am pagan so and all what pagan means is that you just believe in a different god than the uh catholic you know jesus christ yeah. that that god that's really all that pagan means and and you know i am find myself to be more of a polytheistic person i don't believe in just one god mm. so that's just me personally um but uh yeah but i mean you don't have to be necessarily tied to any religion to be a witch you can be tied to any religion and be a witch which uh, being a witch is completely separate from any religion huh. it's like you said a tool it's a tool and a practice it's a craft literally hmm so like um i don't know like we were kind of joking earlier with the whole harry potter but i am kind of curious because there there has to be something behind that in terms of like you know it's witchcraft there's like some sense of magic you were talking about like uh how does that articulate into like the real world i guess is what i'm curious about not in the same way that harry potter does harry potter is just a a child story you know like something that you give to 10 11 year old kid to read it's not real in any way um what exists what we know today is that through constant i mean because i know you have heard the spiel of you know you are not your body you know you are you know the whole idea of having a soul i know Mm, that you may not necessarily agree with that personally but no i'm familiar with it yeah yeah i I know you're familiar with that argument and so basically our bodies are are husk if you will for the energy inside of you which is a very high here try to get that more centered sorry you're good you're good (laughs) (laughs) like i've never done this before this is true you're doing pretty good you're doing good for your for your yeah you told me just to get on 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 the mic and talk so that's what i'm doing (laughs) yeah exactly you're doing well keep going um so the idea is that our souls are really just high vibrational um strong energetic beings that you know exist in this you know like physical world in these bodies to have the human experience and it's just you know another step in our spiritual journey as you know these eternal beings and that's kind of the idea of where like your soul comes into play and that's kind of what plays into the idea of a lot not all but a lot of witchcraft beliefs okay um and the idea is that having that such energy and you can use that and um manipulate it in a way so essentially like you like you say i was talking about earlier about the laws of manifestation you know what you put out in the world is what you present to yourself it's how you perceive things 
So it's just that kind of idea and that's just a one way that you can, you know, uh, I guess, manipulate that energy, for example. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, Interesting. There's, I mean, there's so much, there is infinite knowledge behind this. There, I mean, it's it's one of the oldest practices. I mean, there was witches far beyond, far, sorry, far beyond, far before any kind of organized religion. You know, there's also a sense of, you know, witchcraft-like practices in a lot of those ancient uh, civilizations, civilizations and also spiritualities. Like in what way? Just like, like ceremonially? Or? Yeah, ceremonially. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, you could say that a prayer is some sort of a spell. Hmm. You know, you could say that something that i was taught growing up by my father and other elders is that you know everything you say is a prayer and that's kind of the idea also coupled with the laws of manifestation anything you think whatever you feed yourself whatever you feed the universe is what is going to be presented in front of you you know what i mean so you say well fuck this fuck that hate the world my life sucks you know you, that tends to be the person that runs into a lot of problems but you know you see people who may not be having the best time but they're sure as hell trying and they're you know keeping their chin up and yeah you know those are the people that you tend to see you know move forward and so i've seen it in my own personal examples and uh in life and so i'm just it's just something new that i'm following and learning about and you know who fucking knows, man? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I have everything figured out in the world. That's why I spend so much time, you know. I think anyone that like claims that they like really know, I think they're kind of an, they're kind of full of shit. Oh, you yeah. Know? I think oh, I, yeah. any humble like religious or intelligent person can admit at some point that they don't that they don't know no something. Clue. I mean, they're supposed to act like they do, but I mean, they can admit <laughs> it. It's like, do you? Yeah, that's. I'm, yeah. There's a difference in confidence and there's a difference in confidence and like complete arrogance and denial you know there is definitely a thin line but there's a line it exists this is true this is true um i do want to talk to you about some other stuff but i guess kind of the last thing i had about um your practices and all that um i guess you know me being kind of an atheistic minded person um i might not agree with a lot of what you say and um i you know i personally don't really know a lot of people who practice that i guess what do you have to say about or say to people who might have criticisms towards all that i just i urge them to learn about it before they you know want to say really anything about it you know there's a lot that you may be identify with that you may have no idea yeah but i can tell you that a lot of the times it's got nothing to do with satanism um a lot of it are people just trying to make this world a better place and before you criticize it um maybe like look in the mirror and check out what you're doing for your neighbor you know what i mean self-reflect before yeah yeah like educate yourself don't be ignorant man no i it's not not cool (laughs) yeah no that's a good message to be open-minded and all that yeah um one of the things that i think you and i have found a lot of commonality in is uh, our experiences with mental illness both i think with ourselves and with people close to us i don't know how comfortable you are you don't need to give specifics but 
don't know. I think that'd be something that we could explore, maybe. Yeah. Discuss. I, I told you I'm an open book. Yeah. I, <laughs> and that's why I do know that about you. You're pretty. Uh, you're pretty. Uh, you ask me a question. I'm. I. It might be embarrassing, but I'll answer it. <laughs> so I think we in the. I think the disorder in particular that we uh, both have probably experience in personally is borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. um i don't know do you for people who might not know who that is do you want to describe that um <laughs> putting you on the spot kind of if you don't want to i can <laughs> uh what i can tell you that no you can say that because i don't want to okay. say something wrong you know i'm sure maybe you might know more of the technical things behind it than i do well, it's essentially, it's, uh, I mean, a really good way to describe it is it's, like, bipolar on crack. It's 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 really just the idea of, like, going up and down and up and down. The hot it, and cold. The hot and cold, exactly. Yeah. When it, when it um, for a lot, from what I understand, a lot of people have bipolar. They go on these, you know, they're up for a, a significant period of time and they're down for a significant period of time yeah and the difference between them borderline personality disorder is that that space is shortened so you're going up and down up and down possibly several times a day if you're um if you're that state so i think and you and i have both kind of experienced that so there's kind of there's some different sides of the coin i guess um yeah i don't know (laughs) that's a hard one to talk about that's a that's a big topic you know because I can only come from a place of somebody who has experienced the other side of it. I have no idea what that feels like or, you know, what it's like to have that kind of mind thought and mind thought, mind process, thought process. You know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, You know, I can't imagine what that's like. And sometimes they don't always have the best control over it, you know, and I know what it's like to exist inside of a brain you know, where thoughts go a million miles an hour and, you know, I have crippling anxiety and, you know, and I have, you know, really bad depression, but I can't tell you what it's like to, you know, have borderline personality disorder. Um, well, no, but you can, yeah, but I, but as I was getting to say, but, you know, like I can tell you from my experience of having to, you know, people that I've cared about have that, you know, disorder and it's hard you know because you want to keep an empathetic you know mindset and you want to support them and yeah. be there for them and you know be whatever but it gets to a point where you're kind of turned into a punching bag exactly <laughs> and you feel like you're dealing with someone that's that's like possessed almost like in like a like it feel like almost like in a horror movie like a satanic way like the exorcist it kind of feels like that in a way i mean some sometimes it can feel like that i mean everybody to think experiences it differently but i i have definitely i know from your experiences that has what it has felt like yeah um for me it's just more of a like helplessness feeling because you know i tend to be more on the people pleasing side you know, I'm trying to kind of let go of that and not worry so much about that. But inherently, I am a people pleaser. Yeah. So I don't want to make any, like, I'm not trying to live my life trying, going around, trying to make people upset. But it gets to a point where I have to think about, you know, how is this person's actions affecting me? Yep. Because at the end of the day, I have no control over that person. You know, I don't have control over their disorder any more than that they do. And 
I can only do so much from some, for somebody. And at some point, you have to take a step back and say, I can't do this. Uh, you know, I had a childhood best friend uh, have this disorder. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had known her since first grade. And I know, and this is what made it hard because we grew up together. So I knew the things that she went through that sparked that in disorder. Because something that I've learned about this disorder that it doesn't usually just, it's not like inherited through your blood. It's something that's usually sparked as like a defense mechanism almost um, through trauma. Yeah, that's why I've heard. That's that's always almost always the um, thing that happens is there's a traumatic event that starts yes. it. Yes, and so I I know the trauma that she went through, and at least what she told me. Goodness mm-hmm. knows what she didn't tell me. If there there were things that she didn't tell me, and uh, <laughs> and so that that made it harder because I wanted to have that empathy for her. I wanted to understand i wanted to help her and i did for a long time i did everything i could to help her when i say everything i mean to the point just short of taking the shirt off my back Mm -hmm. you know to help her and it got to a point where she never wanted to hear what i had to say because the truth was too hard to hear you know she got into drugs and alcohol and she just went down a really bad path and i just she wasn't the person that I knew anymore. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even trying to get better, no matter how much I pled with her. And I, I tried to get her to get help. She just never did. Or she would go get help for a little bit. And then, you know, as soon as things got tough, she'd turn tail and run. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was hard, you know, um, watching her go through that stuff. I mean, there was one time that I hadn't heard for her from her for months. But she called me in the morning at some random time, I don't remember, told me that she had gotten booked at PKJ. What, what's the, sorry, I'm not familiar with PKJ. Polk County Jail. Uh. <laughs> I, PCJ is actually what it's called. Okay, PCJ. okay, okay. P, yeah, okay. I misspoke, I apologize. PCJ, <laughs> Polk County Jail. Um, on, cause she was, uh, underage and intoxicated, um, was what the charge was for. And I went and picked her up. I didn't have to bail her out cause she just, she was just like in the drunk tank essentially yeah. let her out the next day. Hmm. And that was probably the first time that I really like really been over backwards for her and like i almost lost my job that day like my dad was really mad at me because she oh man i won't i won't go into details uh because again yeah it's not really my yeah we don't need my my thing to you know expose on on no 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 we're not we're not trying to do that yeah yeah but the point is is that it was it was not a good thing for me and the things just happened one way or another and there was the straw that broke the camel's back um and she i just decided that i couldn't do anything to help her and watching her kill herself which is what she was doing at that point because Uh of her untreated you know mental health and you mean slowly killing yourself that's what i'm saying i'm not saying she like was going to kill herself i'm saying but you know doing the drugs and drinking like she was and you know i think she was abusing her medications at one point i don't know for sure but you know she never really she never told me the truth you know she 
and it's like she was hot and cold one minute she you know was all about me and wanted to you know you know be there around me and she was all concerned about my life and she was like a friend but mm-hmm. the next minute she was like gone ghost and just so that was my first experience with it hmm that's really that's uh it's challenging it's yeah. really challenging are, yeah. are you do you like not they obviously don't have to tell who this person is but do you still keep in touch with them or did you have to end up cutting it off completely yeah you know maybe someday but I can't make any promises to myself because, you know, that is all dependent on how that person, mm-hmm. you know, wants to deal with their life. I'm not, I mean, especially now that I have kids, I don't want them around that. I don't want to be around that. So it's just, if that person gets to a point in their life when they're healthy in all aspects, then who knows? You know, I'm an open person. I'm a forgiving person. I have no hate or animosity towards this person. I just can also recognize that there's nothing I can do. There's nothing for me there. Yeah. You know, it's almost more damaging than it's worth. Well, uh, and the thing I obviously you and I can relate to is like beyond the opposite end of that is when the steepest uphill battles, I think, um, I don't really know very many people can say they've, um, succeeded, which is kind of the really unfortunate thing about, um, that disorder. Um, do do you know anybody who like successful is like successfully you know making it work with having that disorder? Like, I don't know anything. Do you have any um suggestive coping mechanisms mechanisms otherwise, or like things people can do to help relieve those kind of issues? Um, I can't really speak on coping mechanisms other than you know go to the doctor. Yeah. Talk to a therapist, make sure you are on the right medications. You know, that's one of those, you know, mental health problems that you really can't go without medication for. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, it's very different than, you know, just on depression or anxiety. Yeah. Oh, it's a completely different animal. Yeah. So, you know, I guess taking care of yourself, being healthy. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's, but that's more of just like, basic just general mental health yeah so you don't really know anything like in terms of specific to no because i mean like you said i don't as of right now i don't really know anybody that is able to have stable healthy relationships yeah that has that disorder unfortunately and i'm not saying they don't exist out there i'm just saying within my knowledge to who i have been in touch with or have been close to Mm -hmm. no it's really it's really sad i mean i guess like what what do you think like in terms of like society i mean obviously we can put more into mental health and that kind of stuff do you think there's anything else as a society that people can do for people that have that or maybe that you know society can do for people who are on the you know like people like us who are on the opposite side of that because people acknowledge that those people deal with a lot too yeah as far maybe as not like, maybe not as much i'm not comparing but yeah as, as far as like society and just have a little bit more compassion for everybody and you know you can have compassion and also understand that somebody is not healthy for you in your life that doesn't take away the compassion the love you have for that person you know but you gotta at, at some point you gotta look out for yourself you know, because if it's affecting you in a negative way, 
or your mental health in a negative way, then you're not helping each other. Because, you know, sadly, misery likes company. Yeah, it's true. So uh, people with any mental health problem has a tendency have have a way of you know when they're feeling low and broken and hurt or whatever the case may be or they're struggling they have a tendency to get people around them to feel that way too yep uh because people feed off of that energy that negativity and that those awful feelings so just try to walk with more compassion be a little bit kinder to one another yeah that's really all you can do I mean, there's nothing you can do to save that person, just like, you know, I just was talking about, but... Yeah. Just... I, and that's kind of the issue with those kind of disorders, like, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, even, like, bipolar, schizophrenia, which are kind of in that same family class, uh, or, you know, class of disorders, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is about the person helping themselves more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. And that's really, that's have, the really tricky part about it. They have to be committed mm-hmm. to making change and that goes with anything you know and that that can be said with pretty much anything yeah but that one especially just <laughs> yeah due to the due to the fact that i feel like that disorder specifically it's so much about latching onto other things and other people yes you know that's like the they perception. are they are very uh susceptible to codependency yeah 110 mm-hmm. it's really easy to get into that yes um, and you have to realize that you don't need anybody else to live your life so i i've been guilty of you know the codependency (laughs) and that's something that i've been trying to really step away from because when you start feeling like you can't exist without somebody else Mm -hmm. and realizing that you have no control over anybody else other than yourself and then living in that constant fear of like losing your other half or your other part of your soul is just not a way to live (laughs) it's not like i like to tell people that it's not that i need you around it's that i want you around and that is the true blessing so that's what i like to tell people that well that's a great note i think um you know just being as mentally strong as possible um and you know at the end of the day it really does come down to you yourself getting yourself out of a situation you can't rely on anyone else yeah i mean you got to be a warrior we all face our own battles you know some people put on uniforms and go overseas and fight wars and then there's people like us who live in civilian and uh have to deal with the day-to-day life i mean it's all about again perspective (laughs) yeah i'm a warrior in yoga Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do warrior pose right now. No, right now. Yeah, um, warrior fu- one. War- isn't it? I'm probably wrong. Isn't it this? I have no fucking clue. I think so. I don't I'm know. probably full of shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I like half do it. I um the guy that teaches me yoga, his name's Ari Shafir. He's oh, I've a- seen your Snapchats. You do it drunk. <laughs> I don't do it drunk. He oh, he's drunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No. Okay. I, I definitely have a bull sitting sitting beside me as I do it, but. It's usually a little too early in the morning for me to be drinking when I'm doing yoga. Yeah. Are you saying that you are more limber? <laughs> um, I mean, I have I have probably experienced a oh, little yeah. bit of flexibility and limber, limberality oh, yeah? since I've started, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, fuck. Oh, I remember. Um, so we're, as we're approaching the hour mark here, um, one thing I did want to ask you that kind of popped into your mind is, 
you're a pretty um the thing that i've always known about you especially in the last year is you um you were involved in a play correct recently and uh you were makeup yes i did uh makeup and hair design which we mostly just did the i mostly just did the makeup to be honest with you there wasn't a whole lot to do as far as the hair went um Mm. hair goes however you want to say that um I will say before you get into that, I have never seen somebody own as many <laughs> palettes and brushes as this person right here. Holy shit. What was that? You got like a whole box for Christmas? Like a huge, like I was shocked. I was I was like, oh my god. Cause it was Cyber Monday. <laughs> That's right. It was Cyber Monday. And you it, got the huge deal on it. Oh yeah. yeah. I got like probably like two hundred worth worth two hundred dollars worth of cosmetics for like seventy dollars. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Does it always go on like sale like that? Like crazy I mean, around that time? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I just I happened to have the money and I was preparing for this play and yeah. I needed I just needed things that I could play with. That, like I wasn't necessarily hmm. going to use for my own personal use, but something that I could have for options. And so I a lot of that was supplies for the play that I did. Um, and some of it I like I still have and I don't really like use I just like to try new things out I just I don't know it was a phase that I went through I don't buy that much makeup anymore I still like doing makeup and it's still a very big passion of mine but Mm -hmm. I don't go like gonna go too crazy anymore (laughs) well um hey um I still thought it was really cool what you were doing with the play and all that how'd that end up going I I really I actually promoted on the podcast for a little bit I was mean to go and I didn't um I did. I did. I am so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how much of an influence it had in your audience, but we did give you a shout out. We had had a pretty good, pretty good uh, audience, I think. Good turnout. Yeah. Yeah. I had a good turnout. Um, It was really awesome. We actually got my, my work, it got featured on We Are Iowa, you know, with Jackie oh, Schmeling wow. and Lou Sipple. <laughs> wow, really? So yeah. you're like in the paper and all that or I just your yeah, stuff I, was? I was in the paper for, um, like I wasn't mentioned in the paper, but my, like mm-hmm. the, the actresses that had my my work on their faces yeah. uh, were in the paper. <laughs> and it was like specifically complimented like that you did that, you know, that the makeup was a really good job. Yeah. Uh, well, so We Are Iowa is like a television show. Oh, I thought it was okay. Okay, Uh, but they they in their local newspaper they did actually mention uh, mention, like the show and everything, and I got lots of compliments, you know. And yeah, you're really talented. I mean, you you do pretty good for yourself too, you know. You always got going on. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But it's just something that was, uh, I guess, passion. I saw my sisters when I was young putting makeup on, and now they'll tell you that I can put on better than them so you know it's just something that i've stuck with my entire life and like there was a point in my life that like i'd never wore eyeshadow because i could not figure out for the life of me how to put it on and you know it just takes practice just like everything else I and mean, it's just another like form of art you know i i it's very similar to like painting you know you know what i mean it's just on my face instead of yeah. on canvas um so and so it's just a really it's another outlet for creativity and i was especially was able to uh be creative for eurydice which was the play that you're talking Mm -hmm. about yep 
and I did um, like this really awesome uh, like really old stone makeup so they were the stones Mm. of the underworld and basically how that was translated in the play was that they were very old like greek statues in the underworld Mm. so they were very old and dirty looking and they had cracks and just all kinds of like creep like they had like those white out contacts oh nice so they did oh that's really trippy yeah so they didn't have pupils or irises (laughs) um and like I had, I mean, they were in morph suits and, and then, so I did all like their entire face was in their neck and like behind their ears and their ears behind their ears was all gray. And then I made them like extremely chiseled, um, you know, like to have like very statuesque features. And, uh, what was special about them, um, was their cracking though. Each, yeah, each yeah. one had, uh, specific characters so they the the play took place um in a single like it was just one scene at all times so it was always the same background um oh there's okay. a special term for that but it, that word is escaping me uh, at the one moment. one one setting one act I don't it's know. not a one act no not one act uh, uh I, I don't single know. setting I, single I know what set. you're saying yeah it's, it was a single set like they didn't they didn't really have a whole lot of transitions for the yeah. for the set um and so, and it was an abandoned, an, an abandoned nursery. Um, mm. And so they were meant to look like, like old abandoned toys from Chernobyl, actually. Like that oh, was like the idea yeah. of like the creepy, like abandoned <laughs> look that, that the director, Chris Williams was going for. Mm. And so my job was to take these three stones and their names were Big Stone, Loud Stone, and Little Stone and basically give them life that was my job and i worked with the costume designer a lot on this and um each statue had adornments um Mm. meaning they had special like um like extra things put on them to like make them look like this specific toy so like the loud stone was one of those um monkey things Mm. that did (laughs) this one of these things um and the big stone was a uh uh oh no the loud stone was like a jack-in-a-box monkey thing and then the big stone was like i don't i don't even know what the big stone was i forgot uh and then the little stone was like a ballerina Hmm. it was like a porcelain doll ballerina kind of looking thing and so and their crackings were specific to those. Okay. Trust me, I had to think outside the box. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> no, they, it sounds they, like you put a lot of thought they, into this. They did not make this easy for me for it being my first like position as director of costume and not costume makeup design. Yeah, they definitely like put myself to work, like put me to work and tested my limits and definitely pushed me um, past my comfort zone. Like it, it turned in spectacle. It turned into special effects makeup essentially is what it was. And you know, for my first crack at it, I did a pretty good job. I want to say, <laughs> well, Hey, I um, pat myself on the back. <laughs> well, Hey, good for you. That's a, that's a hell of an experience to do that. Like in yeah. that kind of setting, um, that did you like, were you able to like network or like, um, get like, you know, meet people through that experience too? Um, you know, it was a completely volunteered basis thing. Oh, okay. I was doing it as um, 
kind of like it was like a favor to the director chris um mm-hmm. he was actually my uh coach and mentor all throughout high school mm-hmm. um during iowa high school speech association or ihssa yeah which i was is, i was a part of that yep. yep so um he was my mentor because i'd always did improv and acting and one mm-hmm. x and those like theater based around the speech aspect i was around the theater based uh Um, part of it and you know he's taught me everything i know and so and he had went on in his career of directing and acting and he it was for the carousel theater company in indianola so it's a community theater so really i got to meet just different actors and theater enthusiasts uh, in a different community than what i had been familiar to Mm -hmm. And that was an experience in itself. And, yeah. you know, and I got, you know, some, obviously, like I said, I was featured on uh, We Are Iowa. Uh, you know, my work was in the newspaper. Uh, he gave me an awesome recommendation letter um, for when I, uh, you know, maybe need that for, uh, he actually made it for me, made it, wrote it for me. So I could use that for uh, applying to a VEDA for to be an esthetologist which is like makeup but mostly like skincare and stuff mm, like that okay yeah like doing facials and waxing well so and stuff like that well so so you say that you you still do this you're kind of stepping back from it or uh so what so well covid they, happened so that kind of yeah took everything so out. <laughs> they they liked my work um everybody was very impressed from what i understood what i was told yep. about how I performed and mm-hmm. my professionalism and how I, you know, and and basically what I was able to produce in my creative ideas that they would possibly want to work with me again. So I basically told them that, you know, if they want somebody to do that, then by all means, I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like an exclusive thing. Yeah. I really just did that um, as a favor and also just to kind of, like have something for myself you know what i mean because I, yeah. I missed being a part of that that atmosphere in the group and just going to practices and being able to express that part of myself that i don't get to do on a regular basis yeah it was a nice outlet um when things went during that time when i was going through that really like down part of my life with my depression and whatnot yeah i mean that that sounds uh that sounds good it sounds like a good way to get break from the kids right <laughs> it was yeah especially towards the end so like yeah. a lot of my stuff happened off like off scene like i wasn't really there towards the yeah, end and then yeah. towards the end i was there all the time mm, i see <laughs> and so it was like a little vacation <laughs> well hey that's nice it was nice but it was also hard i missed i missed my kids <laughs> yeah well hey that's a that's a good quality to have of a mother you know missing the children every once in a while (laughs) at least (laughs) i'm just kidding all right everybody um this has been fun it's been good to have you back it's been good to see you again after so long it's been like six months yeah you've been busy shit's been crazy well um it's katie williamson it's been a great time um next episode we're gonna have local artist lolo savage and Dilo the don on it's gonna be really cool it's gonna be a fun time and uh stay tuned for field trip happening august 14th and 15th as a local um venue uh hip-hop idiom kind of concert so um tickets are available for that now i'll probably be there 
yeah hope you guys all have a good day and a good night hope you guys all been chilling while you've been listening to this and peace out